1: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Two in a row. Whoa. Wow, it's a twofer. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Hello. On today's show, we will get some board game reviews from BJ Shea. We will talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. (laughs) Ooh. series finale yeah that happened what happens when a baby meets a Chewbacca (laughs) <laughs> oh. Oh. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicki, how can people get a hold of us?
2: Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. Yeah. Get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. <laughs> <laughs> or just BJGeekNation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes to yes. find us. Yes,
1: plenty of ways to get a hold of us. <laughs> and if you want to help us out, give us a five-star review on uh, whichever way you listen to us, Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, All the millions of different uh, pod catchers that you have out there, depending on whether or not you use an iOS or an Android phone or use... Some other random phone. I don't even know it anymore. I've stopped keeping track of all the ways technology it's can them give us feedback. Techie things that make the noises. <laughs> exactly. Please do so. Be greatly appreciated. Uh, let's start off talking TV. BJ. Yes. We got the series finale of Arrow, and out of yeah. all the people in the room, you're the only one who watched it. So yeah, it.
3: <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's been how many years? Seven, eight years. It's been a long time uh, uh, of this. So yeah, we did get the last episode of Arrow and it was uh, wow Um, it it, it was pretty powerful I have to say I was um, I was weepy I was teary eyed even though I knew that that's what they were trying to do Um, (laughs) you know it's an interesting thing Uh, the way they decided to go out I felt was fascinating because it has such um such implications on the entire DCCW universe, which um, we, you know that they, they basically changed everything with the crisis crossover yeah and what happened was is that basically Arrow had to die in order for the crisis crossover to work the way they wanted it to work and so uh, that is that's basically the the story of, of what went on with arrow and um, the thing is is that he dies. All of the multiverses have been destroyed by the Anti Monitor, but they're able, and, and then Earth is also our Earth is destroyed somehow, some way. He sacrifices his life, and then he's able to bring back one world. That's a mashup of all the Earths, because oh. Supergirl was not on Flash's Earth, and, yeah. uh, and so they're all together now. Everybody's in the DC universe, if you will, are all together like we do know that they are in like Interesting. Justice League. So there was, I will tell you, though, there were some fun moments uh, in Crisis where the movie Flash... Actually met TV's
1: Flash. I wanted, yeah, because that was the big one, that the cameo that they had really kept under wraps. Yeah. And we had talked about, like, how do people avoid spoilers at this point in time. Uh, and I was really interested on your take on that because they kept that away from
3: everyone. I had no idea. And that was fun. You got to see two different versions of Barry Allen. Uh, and, and I really did appreciate that. It, w- it really was a lot of fun. Uh, Unfortunately, the last name of the episode that we're talking about is called Fade Out, which is a weird sort of name for the last episode. Oliver wasn't in it much. Everybody was crying. Everybody was at his funeral. The dedication is a giant statue of, of the Green Arrow. and. But the whole world has changed, including where they changed the gender of somebody's baby due to, uh, uh, I think, one of the—something happened. I don't know if it was crisis or whatever, but something happened where, you know, Diggle had a, a female child, and then all of a sudden it was a male child when he came back. Uh, from something weird that m- messed up the entire meta universe comic book retcon so then well he knew that so what did Oliver do well he's already fallen in love with this this male dude so he can't get rid of him but he had a daughter and he thinks that that's not right so now he's got two kids oh alright <laughs> yeah so it's like alright well you th- hey but sure, a lot of parents go well that's what we were shooting for anyway a boy and a girl and then we're yeah. done uh, it um, it was a sweet episode, a lot of flashbacks, a lot of going back. He brought back everybody that was dead, including his mother, brought back his uh, best friend. He brought back so many people. Uh, some people didn't get brought back because uh, it was just either... It was explained that, well, before Oliver became the man that he was, some people had to die like your father, or he wouldn't be the man that he was who would sacrifice himself
1: to do this in the first uh, place. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there needs to be some sort of like yeah. those linchpin moments, those milestones. You know what? I'm can I, I I'm down with that. I get that in a writing sense. That's kind of neat. I was sad that Malcolm Merlin
3: wasn't in it, uh, you know, for some reason, in way, shape, or form. And I, honestly, I forget if he's even still alive, and I, I think he is. But uh, John Barrowman, again, who plays that role, mm-hmm. it would have been great to see him. He wasn't there. But they pretty much brought up back almost everybody, and it was a happy ending because— uh, Felicity, who's his wife, gets to go spend time with him in this weird world that looks like where they're living, but it's not where they're living. I don't know where the hell he is. I don't know her what world or? this is. Yeah, maybe, but, they're, <laughs> but they get to have a fun time. Well, that's fine. Uh, that's it's good. Just, yeah. It's Oliver and Felicity together uh, after years of not seeing each other. And it was a cool moment. Felicity finally got to meet her daughter, all grown up, thanks to time travel, Yeah, because uh, right. she said, and it was a great line. She goes, I just saw you when you were teething, and now you're kicking ass with arrows taking over your father's place, so, okay, <laughs> um it was a sweet episode, um cheesy is all get out for the c w shows. It was good. You
1: were off and on for the era for a while, so yeah, I'm
3: glad that I watched this, yeah, and I watched the whole season actually, uh which I was happy about. the season was good. Nice. It was a short season, but it was good, only ten episodes, um but it was a nice farewell, uh and I realized eight years of i mean you know, eight seasons is what it's been, yeah, it's been it's like my gosh, my my daughter and I looked at each other and said. Wow, we we will never gonna we're like we're done, and she yeah. was sad. And I'm like, yeah, you were a much different person because you know, to eight years, wow, you know, yeah, she so was 21 when it, when we started watching Arrow together. And that was our first superhero thing to ever do together because we oh, didn't really so do a lot of superhero Aww. stuff. So she's more of a DC kid than a Marvel kid just because of everything we've watched on the C dub. And she's still your daughter. I know, hard to <laughs> <of> believe.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. I love the fact that there's some good resolution on that. And the happy ending. I love that. Yeah. Uh moving on from that, the chilling adventures of Sabrina just came back to Netflix. No
2: spoilers.
3: Net- no spoilers. And we
1: but surprise, surprise, Vicky managed to binge the entire thing.
2: Yeah. I was uh, yeah. I was making candles and doing a lot of stuff over the weekend so I just kept moving my iPad around watching it because I couldn't stop watching it that's amazing yeah.
3: I'm, and look I would have been doing it too but I'm in the middle of trying to binge a season we should have talked about already and that's Mr. Robot we will get to that oh yeah because that did end And it's pretty spectacular, from what I'm told by Joey Dee's, who has seen it all. So (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) That's why I couldn't get to Sabrina. It's like, gosh, like we got to get to Mr. Robot. No one's finished
1: Arrow. You're on Mr. Robot. Oh, by the way, here's a billion other things that are coming out too. So good luck, man. And And I
2: totally forgot it came out last weekend until I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, I'm watching this. Yeah. Oh, I really, really enjoyed it. There's a few things that I don't really remember from previous seasons, so I'm like, okay, either they're growing up or they're changing because they seem like the characters are developing in a way where I'm like, you're a little different than I remember you. So I kind of have to go back and watch to see Oh, I'm looking
3: forward to see that, see how some of these people have changed.
2: Although, you know, I like that this season um, experiments more not just in what they – they practice they Mm -hmm. go outside that realm and it's really interesting to see other versions of what they do
3: that's super cool it's nice that these are and this this is relatively quick i mean i think they've taken six months between all their seasons well
2: because i think basically since season one dropped they were approved for four seasons Oh, wow. Okay, so
3: there's a fourth yeah. one coming. It's insane, though.
1: This has got to be, what, six months ago when we had season two? And to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of surprised. Just the Maybe it's just the fact that I'm used to like shows like The OA, which uh, had like two years between the second season. Right. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, they're going to finally put, oh, yeah, cool, they're here. And then suddenly it's just cranking them out, and you're like, sweet. Like You don't expect that, A, with Netflix, because it's been, you know, there's no confirmation on this or anything like that. But if we've heard that they're either like a two or three three season uh, like kind of cutoff point when it comes to uh, any of their original content shows because they like past seasons or more seasons of a certain show won't bring in the viewers. So they want the new shows. So the fact that they put a season four on that is, is pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. So we got the first season of Sabrina back in October of 2018.
1: Whoa. And then
2: shortly after in April, 2019, we got season two and then it did. They did wait a little bit and gave us a season three. In so, January,
3: still less than a year. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. Pretty amazing. Wow, they're just cranking them out.
2: And I'm afraid to say oh, yeah. anything else, but I will say this. <laughs>
3: and there was a Halloween episode, wasn't there?
2: Yes, I think there was, and I think that counted towards the first season.
3: Yeah, because I do because that came out, and I knew there was a time where I'm like, hey, yeah, I saw something here. Mm-hmm. They've really given us content pretty frequently for this show.
2: There, I will say, next season I think is going to be Rev season.
3: Oh, interesting. I'm just saying it's going to oh, be. Oh, they're going to be zombies.
1: Season.
2: Not quite. Nope. Nope. Uh, right, Actually, nope. It's going to be his season for a different reason. All
1: right. Oh, That's all right. I'm going to say. I'll we'll be very excited to hear about this. And then well, maybe we'll get a little bit spoilery once BJ gets around to finally be able to watch it. <laughs> it is. It's. I mean, this show is
3: such a, uh, it's such a, look, it's a young person's show. It really, really is. And yet for some reason, I I am so fascinated and want and want this show.
2: I am actually feeling old watching it because sometimes some of the characters <laughs> will do things. I'm like, "Are you serious, child? Like, really? You think that's a good idea?"
3: Uh, <laughs> have you funny? not learned? And you forget how but you're like you're so far removed from high school now. Right. When you you know when you get to be uh, you, know, you know 30 years old, you're like, "I guess it has been a while since I've been in high school." Right? For I me, think, well, we 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 didn't even weird. have high school. We just we, we were we sat by a tree and someone spoke to us. Uh, <laughs> Little House on the Prairie is how I learned.
2: But it, they do feel like teenagers, even though they're you know all they're adults. Pretty much all the actors are adults.
3: Yeah, it's not as bad as Will Robinson, where that kid is going to be having his own family by the time season three comes around.
1: Uh. Everybody <laughs> talked about that with Lost in Space. It's like, that kid got big. That's part of the problem yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah. having kids on anything like that point. It's like with like Stranger Things. It's right, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you're going to be plucky kids for so long. You got to get these shows quick <laughs> if you want him to be the cute little kid. Uh, moving on from that, before we get to some board game reviews, BJ, yes. Vicky sent me this. And, yeah, she was like, we have to play this. And I was like, I don't know about this. What is it? Well, Vicky, do you want to set this up?
2: All right. So I was uh, surfing on the imager, as I do, looking for memes and uh, awesome content. And uh, apparently, you know, the cool thing about being a nerd is uh, you can pass down your favorite nerddoms to your kids. Mm-hmm. So this uh, dad brought his baby to, you know, the Star Wars situation in Disneyland, and the oh, uh, yeah. baby got to meet Chewbacca. Oh. And we got
1: the reaction of the baby meeting Chewbacca. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: To make your day I don't know what will
1: Yeah right
2: And he's got like A little Chewbacca Outfit on too Like a onesie That looks like He's wearing Chewbacca's Little that's strappy a, belt thing
1: That's adorable
3: I love that the kid's Not scared You know yes. It's, it's yeah. really I mean kids are afraid Of clowns But not Chewbacca Right I mean maybe Just because it's Kind of dog like
2: And the noises Yeah are funny to him Kids yeah. laugh the weirdest things Yeah it's mm-hmm. very
3: soothing It does yeah I think the noise And the look I think he, yeah He's like a pet yeah, super like I this. I think
2: you're so funny. <laughs>
3: yeah, that kid's just digging it. Man, I want to live like that. I want to be like, man, I want my days to be like that. I'm just laughing at S.
1: Well, I mean, uh, once you get a little bit older, that's usually how that works out. I right? hope
3: that's the case, Rev. You know, there's the
1: cantankerous old that happens where yeah. everybody hates everything. Yeah, could you not be like that? I don't want to. <laughs> All right, well, uh, well, one thing that keeps you young at heart, at least, is uh, playing board games. That's true. That so, is very, very true. So what have you been gaming on? Well,
3: uh, there's a Kickstarter I just backed I want to talk about, just because it came out last year, I believe, but then they're doing another Kickstarter with their expansion. Uh, it's called It's a Wonderful World, and it's uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, Tom Vassel's already said he's loved the game, so I'm like, alright, well if Tom likes it, let me check out the <laughs> Kickstarter. Uh, and you have an expanding empire, and but you've got to choose which way should I go to my future. And you've got to be better than your competitors. You've got to be a better developer. You want an empire, make a better empire than Sammy over here. All right. And if Sally comes over to trying to make a better empire you go stop that sell it uh and you get these great cards and then you draft these cards so it's got a seven wonders feel to you draft a card then you play a card but you also have these resources that are beautiful cubes and each card has multiple colors on there so that you have to know the right color cube cost in order to get it done um you really pay attention in this game because you have to see what someone else is doing because Not only do you have your cards, but if you have a resource, as I said, there's a bunch of colored cubes that represent a resource. If you've got the most resource out of anybody else, you get a bonus for that. And that helps you in the game. So you actually... You know, you can't just sit there and play a solo game. You do have to pay attention to what your opponent's doing. And then there's also you could card draft a hate draft or do you card draft to <laughs> keep what you want. Um, and it really, uh, so if you like a Seven Wonders game or Among the Stars where you do have that drafting that goes on and then you have that, you're basically tableau building. Uh, this looks amazing. There are also campaigns that add to the different variety of the game. There's this new expansion that's uh, come out that uh, my brain can't think of right now. but. It is uh, all part of what's on the Kickstarter, and you'll see it all there. Of course, I went all in because I didn't get this course. game last. I didn't get it last year, and I should have. So I didn't do it. Uh, and but you know what? I have a chance to get the entire full
1: meal deal. It looks gorgeous. I love Seven Wonders already, so any game like that, I will play. Do you think this would be like a Seven Wonders replacement, or just kind of one of those fun adjacent type games?
3: Well, it's interesting. I feel like I hate to say it, but. It seems like that games are just upping the level and upping the level. That yeah, I don't know how many classic games are going to survive. Oh. Uh, Seven Wonders is good, and they've come out with so many expansions that they at least you know make you know continue to give you interest. Uh, seven Wonders, at least, does have that sort of genre of the wonders of the world yeah. and the old school. So I don't know if that game will ever be replaced because it still is fun. Uh, and you can play with seven players, which is not.
1: that's yeah, hard to do with a non-social deduction type game to play that that many players. It's, it's kind of a random number, but it's like, I know that five for you is that sweet spot. But seven is, it, it's an interesting number, but there's sometimes times where you just have a ton of people. Yeah, six and seven is awkward. You know, to find a really
3: good game to play that mm-hmm. goes beyond five is a huge challenge. Uh, that's why I love uh, Utopia. Is that right? I think I'm thinking of the right name. No, I'm not. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a Stonemaier game that is about a dystopian future and you have to keep people smart and all that and I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, but either way, that game, uh, it, that's one of those games where you can play it and it plays up to six. Seven Wonders is another great game that's a card drafting game that you can play with seven and it works really well. I think you were thinking of Euphoria. Euphoria, thank yeah, you, buddy. yeah, yeah. That's the one. So it's a wonderful world and it's kind of a semi dystopian, but a bright dystopia. It's not the sort of dystopian future that looks, you know, like, oh, everything's horrible. Uh, Euphoria also has a bright looking board too. So those these are two games that show a dystopian future, but with really colorful pictures. Um, <laughs> then the other game, which is, oh my God,, uh, this is a game that, you know, some people are, they go back and forth uh, with this gentleman named uh, Vitella Cerda because he's made games like Lisboa and The Gallerist. And some people just go, oh, my God, these games are super heavy. And if you don't have the right person explaining the game to you, either A, hopefully you have a good group of people and you can laugh, or B, <laughs> y- you know, you just, you know, will just go, all right, I'm going to leave the table. So, BG, where do you fall? <laughs> um, well, that's, I love a good, crunchy game. But, Rev, yeah. you're the perfect example. You're patient zero for when we play a crunchy game if we don't know what we're doing we will turn you and sour you to that game and oh it's, yeah
1: it's happened before I mean and
3: yeah. I, and it's sad that it's, yeah. it's our fault like Thunderstone is a great deck builder especially the new one but because of how bad we were at presenting that game to you
1: yeah. you just were like uh, I hate this game I tapped out immediately another one along those lines was uh, the Firefly board game which once somebody figured out the rules was a very interesting and engaging game but when we played it, it was just build up your crew go to a mission die and then spend the next 45 minutes building up a crew and i'm like i'm done i'm out i'm, I'm never yeah. playing this again and i've, I've held and true to like, that
3: oh wait that's how we're supposed to oh yeah and i'm like nope too late yeah and that's that's exactly i've learned from that experience that when there's an amazing game that is super crunchy but really done well i want to make sure i teach it right and so On Mars is the newest edition from uh, Vitell Lacerda. This is a basic, and he has put so much care and detail into what would it really be like if we settled Mars. Now, you know terraforming Mars. That is a great game. Mm -hmm. This is also similar to we're trying to basically establish a colony on Mars. Yes, uh, not terraforming it just yet. Probably what we would do if you watch The Expanse, you know, it's going to take 100 years to go from where On Mars is to where terraforming Mars is if you know the Expanse timeline and that whole world yeah on mars is a beautiful looking game the pieces are gorgeous the board i love um i love the mechanics of the game and yes there's a lot of hoops to jump through but they actually do in a a very intuitive fashion they do at go together and you can start seeing how you can build engines in this game but they're complex engines to build it is a heavy game uh and I, I beg anybody because our buddy Sean from the Board Game Alliance and Think 12 Games. Sean's problem is he loves every game and never really cares if he knows the rules and doesn't care if it's a slog for anybody else to play the game because he just <laughs> loves learning games. Yeah. And he never gets them right. I mean, the <laughs> no, last he doesn't. we had the last party, dude. It was he basically said, "Here's how you play the game." I have to leave, and he had eight, six people play the game wrong. They had to end the game because he he taught them completely wrong that they had to abort the game, including <laughs> not putting the player board. That was needed for the sixth player. That was desperately needed to be. You pl- had to play it, and they, he didn't give him that. And he just. Does. And I tell Sean all the time, dude, you need to know this game. You're going to ruin it for people if you don't learn it properly. And yeah, that's yeah. Don't
1: you thunderstone people.
3: You can't. And he just doesn't get it. He just thinks, oh no, I know the game, and so you don't. And he lies about the fact that he's played it when he hasn't, or he's played the solo mode, or he looked at the box and that, that, that for him.
1: We've hit a nerve, everybody.
3: Yes, because <laughs> I've done it. And that's why I'm bringing it up with On Mars. Please, for God's sakes, if you play this game and you don't know it, ask one of the people do you know how to play On Mars? Because if they don't, you will probably be miserable because of the oh, fact okay, it's such yeah. a beautifully done game. But if someone doesn't know how to play it, and you, you know, I watched video after video. I read the rules, watched video after video again. The good thing about On Mars is they have a QR code that if you scan it, it will take you right to Paul Grogan, who has called, he's got his great gaming rules videos. He's from England, does a great job. I also love the guys at Heavy Cardboard because Ed and Jess do such a, Edward and Jess do such a great job with games like this. And Edward will put out a script and he will read the rules on the script will have it all down for you. It is a beautiful game where you have to colonize Mars. And in order to get that done, you've got rovers you're moving around. You've got robots that have to be within the building zone. Makes you, sense. You've got ships. You have to travel back and forth from the space station to the colony. Yeah. And if you don't travel at the right time, you're stranded in either place. Going, oh, dang it, I can't build anything because I'm stuck in the space station because I missed the shuttle. Or, damn it, I can't go back to the shuttle to get all the resources I need because I missed it. Oh, I'm I'm stuck on Mars. Is Matt Damon there? Is he here to help? (laughs) Yeah, we need the Martian on this one. Right? And you feel like the Martian. You know, the only thing yeah. that's sort of sci-fi that, you know, you got to expect is that he's come up with a currency called Marcinium, which is what he's believed. Hey, what if we're on Mars and we found some sort of resource that was not present on Earth? See, it's cool. I
1: would have cool, but... loved if it were called marbles.
0: Oh. All right, whatever.
3: They're crystals. <laughs> Call them what you want. <laughs> like, you know, in order to build uh, uh, hydro stations, in order to create water, yeah. well, of course, you know, you need power. And in order yeah. to build plant stations and or greenhouses, we need water. But in order to get oxygen, we need the greenhouses. So it's all connected, and I love that. That makes sense yeah. too. Yeah, and they ha- there are blueprints that you have to get in order to build advanced buildings, and it's such a great way to get points. It's just well done. It's a beautiful game. But like and, you said, this is yeah. an expert level
1: game. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Which is really fine. Is. Which is what you need. And sometimes it's one of those things where if you're having a specific – if you're having a game night where it's like anybody who wants to show up, maybe this would be for – I don't want to say the grown-ups table, but it's kind of the first one that comes to you mind. You plan a night for this. Yeah, It'll exactly. take some yeah, time to play. Yeah,
3: yeah, totally. It really will take some – we it, we played between three and five hours. We play, I know the box doesn't say it takes that long. It says 90 to 150 minutes, but really, I mean, unless you're an expert gamer and you just know how to play this and you've played it dozens of times, yeah, I could see it going 90 to 150, but really – it's going to go longer. But you really do love it. It's, it's well, yeah, I do. The heavy games that make no sense, I want to flip the table, you know, <laughs> uh, or they're not well designed, or the board itself is an impediment to you trying to understand something. Fiefdom could have been a, a great game, but Fiefdom's board was such a mess that no. you, you, you're like, I know what I want to do. I can't see what I want to do. These lines are horrible. This art is horrible. And it ruined what I think could have been a good game because they just, for some reason, thought, wouldn't this art be cool? And it's like, do you know how the brain works? Don't make this more difficult than it needs to be. It's already a heavy game, and you have made it more difficult by just making the board look like a friggin' mess. This game said, no, we're not doing that. It's already a weight of 4.55 out of 5. Wow. So it's wow. a heavy game on BGG, yeah. but it's so well done, and... Uh, I love the whole theme of it, so uh, if you like sci-fi, space, Mars, whatever, this to me, I thought, one day we're going to play Terraforming Mars, and one day we're going to play On Mars, maybe probably On Mars first, because that seems to be coming first in the timeline, Yeah, because they're both amazing games about Mars. Making the
1: whole theme, like a whole theme
3: day, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's not cheap. But it really is worth the price. Every part of it, I think, is it, it, it's so well done. Eagle Griffin Games uh, on Mars. Uh, check it out. It's so good.
2: On your Mars night, are you going to serve Mars bars?
3: Oh, they, you know Please what, watch they, Total Recall they, but, as well. Yeah, but they don't make them anymore. They're now Snickers with almonds. Ah. Sure, we'll uh, just rewrap them. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, Don't but worry it's about that. It's the same thing. I mean, Snickers with almonds <laughs> is a Mars bar, but yes, that's a great idea,
1: Vicky. <laughs> well, since Vicky's here, Vicky's here. It's time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on?
2: So this is something you got. We I feel like we talk about a lot in movies. It's like okay, we've seen this before. Plot devices that are
1: just. <sighs> don't they, quite work there, or there's like, like they they make worse holes, or uh, what are you going along with those plot devices? Well,
2: it's more or less like the devices that we hate because we've seen them so many times,
1: uh, easily repeatable.
2: Yes. Uh, for example, not every children's character needs to have a depressing origin story,
1: uh, unless it's a Disney movie, and then it has to be. And it's contingent on that.
2: The the examples they gave was if you saw uh, Finding Dory. Yes. G- yeah. Dory, um, Willy Wonka, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that was a weird
1: thing because that was a whole, like, dentist thing. Like, oh, I make candy because my dad was a jerk dentist. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Weird. And yeah. Then they
2: also included the Grinch. What happened to the Grinch? Well, I
1: didn't know that they did a pre-story on oh, him. Well, I
2: think it was with the Benedict Cumberbatch's version, like, a year or two ago that came oh, out. I remember I for- that.
1: I forgot about that I one. never <laughs> saw it. Again.
2: Or how about, you know, when big secrets are revealed in bathrooms?
1: in bathrooms.
2: Yeah, like in trading places actually. That was a big one. You guys ever see that one? I actually watched that.
1: Uh yeah. the Eddie Murphy oh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd. and Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah. What was the big secret that was revealed in the bathroom? Well,
2: so what uh, happened was they want one of the there was a bet and they wanted to prove that they can one of them could get a street guy and can make them the like head of the company. Oh, you know, that having, was
3: the big secret. Yeah, and oh, so they were oh, betting yeah, on duh. it and okay. it was a
2: dollar they bet. And so Eddie Murphy's character heard that, and he's like, oh, crap. And then they were just going to toss him back on the street after making him super successful. Like, no, we're going to take everything away and put you back just for a bet. Boo. The other example was in the last season of Stranger Things
1: Um, with Robin. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. What's up with the bathrooms?
2: I don't know. People <laughs> want to tell their secrets in bathrooms, I guess, and girls do it all the time.
1: That's your point, yeah the, yeah. the bathrooms where you are letting everything out. Yeah, I try to keep it as quiet as possible in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'll be perfectly honest. With yeah, you not too well. I don't do very well. Yeah,
2: no. Uh, how about uh, it's time to stop ending shows with fake deaths?
1: Yes, yes. House. yes. House. It's like oh my god, he's and dead in The Walking Dead. Yeah, but then he died.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, House, for example, like he died in a fiery building, and then he's not dead. He's hanging out with his buddy, motorcycle. You know. Around the country until he dies.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. his buddy had cancer.
2: Or Dexter, white collar,
1: burn notice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, burn notice, that kind of makes sense. He was a spy. I mean, you kind of just go away. And you... You gotta fake your death. Like, Jon Snow totally won't come back. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> I swear he, okay guys, I know it's been a day since the end of the season and he's coming back, but, but.
2: Yeah. Or how about uh, making divorced people fall back in love? It's just lazy predictable with the addition of giving kids false hope for their own divorced parents. Oh,
1: well, that's the parent trap. <laughs> the parent trap in Twister,
2: apparently. Yeah. Oh,
1: geez. oh, yeah, yeah, wow, in Twister. Uh, spoiler alert, don't watch a marriage story then. Cause, uh, let me tell you, there's no happy ending there.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kylo, yeah, <laughs> why
2: Kylo? Or how about what do you guys think of uh, when newspaper headlines are used to progress the storyline? It's such an easy way, you know, they always go way too fast oh, to it, read it.
1: Yeah, it's essentially like a yeah, it's like weird because they're like suddenly skimming in, and it's like I don't think you have that reading comprehension, but also it's just another like just way to do that the, the exposition where someone just sits there and tells somebody mm. something the entire yeah. time, and it's like, well. We, we we can't shoot this so we'll just have you talk about it or read about it. Yeah, the watchman did that in the series. Yeah. You really had
3: to quickly watch some of those those newspaper easter eggs that they were giving you.
1: Yeah, at least now with the internet you don't really have to like pause it and read it yourself. You can just look online about 3 minutes later after right. the I show. I thought about goes. that. Yeah. yeah. yeah that somebody will tell you everything about it.
2: This one really really annoys me. It and it's because it's like it's so predictable. When the trope, the, you know, of the leading characters breaking up in the second act You know, they're happy, everything's going good. You're like, okay, when's it gonna get ruined? Who's gonna mess it up? Yeah, what's gonna mess it up? And okay, they're fighting, they broke up, only to get back together in the third act, which is one of the most overused cliches. Yeah, you know, they're gonna reunite, and it's just a lazy way to create drama.
1: See, but with shows, like, especially with stuff like that, I'm, I'm hoping that when you see something along the lines of, I mean, we're talking about Game of Thrones a lot right now, but uh, with Game of Thrones, and it was more akin to George R.R. R. Martin's writing, where people were, like, dying all over the place, you didn't know what was going on, so there was that sort of fear. And, I mean, there's a lot of times when you're watching it and you realize the quote-unquote plot armor or the way they're writing it, it's going to go a certain way, and, I mean... I try not to let that bother me, but Mm. also I get really bored if I think that I I know where it's going to go, and then it does. And I'm like, "Eh, all right, yeah, okay. Uh, Called it. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. Called it.
2: Or how about when uh, it's hard to take a movie seriously when the main character has an obscure hobby that gives them the exact skill needed to advance the plot. For example, Billy in Jurassic Park 3 actually uh, does base jumping in his spare time. He knew yeah. how to do that. Or Nick Spitz from Murder Mystery just happens to speak Latin.
1: See, it would be really funny if he didn't know how to base jump and he did it.
2: And he's like, ah <laughs> yeah. It's not all like badass.
3: And then it's he's like, like,
1: like ah oh, you really uh, you
3: died. That's uh yeah, because you don't know what you're doing. That that's actually real. Thank you. <laughs> End <laughs> of movie. Awkward. Yeah.
2: The last one, and I cannot stress this one enough. Yeah. Because I hate this one. Ooh. It's like found footage horror film checklist. Low image and sound quality to make it look real. uh, Relatively unknown actors so the audience won't know whether or not they're alive or not. And shaky camera to hide any cheap effect.
1: Why's mm. like the no Blair Witch ending. when it happened?
2: Oh, it makes me want to vomit. Not because of the qu- like quality. I literally get sick watching them. Oh
1: yeah, because they're all shaky yeah. and moving around. <sighs> and to be perfectly honest, nowadays, like with my iPhone, I have an iPhone 11. The video quality is fantastic. Mm. Oh yeah. So I mean, at this point in time, you're like they're actually shooting movies on iPhones. Some uh, directors just to mm-hmm. say they can. So yeah, I mean, like the grainy quality at this point, like we don't have like the ring in the seven days VHS stuff anymore. Like we just don't have that.
2: No, but oh, I any, miss those days. But <laughs> any camera that like, just shaking around, it's just a recipe for me Vicky to keep like, vomiting. Oh yeah, I had a I had to lie down on a uh, my then-boyfriend's lap uh, for Cloverfield.
1: Oh, I understand Ugh. that, and I get that. Especially, <laughs> that's why I'll never go to another 4DX movie, because I oh. can't. I cannot. Or no. just Oh, yeah. Because it's 5DX if you're sitting next to Rev. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out for the first couple rows, because yeah. you're going to get a splash in.
2: Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.